Vaughan and welcome to In Conversation with Lisa Berg. It's always a pleasure to have you tune into my show where I hope to highlight a person, an organisation, a club, a topic that is pertinent to all of us and our lives in Luxembourg and beyond. And I know that many of you listen from around the world because many of you have family in Luxembourg. So thank you for being a part of this audience and this community. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I chatted with Victoria Hodgson from the British Ladies Club of Luxembourg. And today I'm talking to the American Women's Club of Luxembourg. Luxembourg. Here with me, I have the president of the club, Liz Darder Bryant, who was born and raised in Chicago. And she began her career in communications and advertising, but rather swiftly switched to culinary school. And after another stint in Seattle with her husband's work, in 2017, she moved from Washington State where she'd raised her two boys, to Luxembourg with her husband, Paul. And as it happens, both of her paternal grandparents are actually from Luxembourg. Also with me is Gretchen Blanchard, who moved to Luxembourg in June 2019 with her husband, three children and a Labrador. She's from New York. She used to work in PR and communications prior to staying at home with her children and is now Director of Communications for the American Women's Club of Luxembourg, AWCL. Welcome to you both. Thank Thank you for having us. It's wonderful to have you both here and to talk about your club and what it gives to the community. So Liz, turning to you first of all, tell us a little bit about the history of the club? Well, the club was started in 1959 by three Americans. One of the American women was a wife of the Secretary of the American Embassy. And so they were seeking out English-speaking people because it wasn't as prominent in Luxembourg at that time. And they swiftly, within a few months of meeting each other, created the American Women's Club of Luxembourg. So that was in March of 1959. And I believe not long after that, they produced a booklet on hints for living in Luxembourg. They did. Yeah, they were determined, right? Just to help people acclimate to their new country. And that actual guidebook had been in publication up until 2014, I think. And we are now transitioning to have that information on our website for our new members to access. So it was founded by American women, American ladies who at that time were probably the trailing spouses, which is still the way it mostly is, but absolutely not exclusively. Now, though, you're open to all English speakers. Yes, I think probably in the mid 70s, maybe 80s, they started accepting women from around the world. Because at the end of the day, I don't think it really mattered where you're from, is that you find yourself in a new country and you're always looking for connections, right? Especially since at that time, most women were moving over here with their spouse or their partner, and they were not working. So it was a great way for them to connect, make friends, socialize. Yeah, so we started accepting women from around the world. And right now, we are probably predominantly, I think about 56% of our membership is international. And the other 40 some are Americans. Gretchen, you also have an actual clubhouse. How important is that? I think the clubhouse is essential to just the general warm feeling of the AWCL. I remember when my family moved here, and I had been referred to the club by our relocation spectacular person and and I knew I needed to go right away so I 
took my three children to the welcome coffee the week after we arrived, and we were still jet lagged and moving dust on us. And it was so nice to go into someone else's home and not our box filled home and be welcomed with sandwiches and smiling faces and familiar language. Because I think at that time we were kind of under the gun a little bit with French and immersion and unpacking. So it was nice to just kind of relax in an atmosphere where everybody was in the same boat. And the clubhouse continues to feed everyone if you need Wi-Fi or you just need a friendly face or a coffee and you're, you know, nearby. It's open from 9 to 3.30. You can just stop in. You don't need an appointment if you want to see someone, but you don't want to host someone or you don't know anyone who would invite you over. So I think it's great. And it also helps us meet and have these great sit and stitch clubs. And yes, these wonderful things. Now, both of you are very confident ladies, and yet it takes courage, even from people who appear confident, to walk into the unknown. To move country takes an awful lot of confidence, and you have to be brave to make those first steps, to make new connections. Mm -hmm. For people who might not be as brave as you to have that goal inside yourself, what do you say to them? How do you encourage other women, in this case, mostly women, to come and enter your clubhouse or to join your organization? Well, you know, I started at the club as a membership director. So I saw very quickly, you know, you can fill out an application, you can submit it. But then the next step is really your initiative of actually attending the welcome coffee. And it is scary. I myself had to do that. I had to knock on the door, ring the buzzer, go up into the unknown, meeting people. And I think that's a challenge throughout all of our lives in uncertain and different situations. But we make great effort to be inclusive, to be welcoming. We sit, we have coffee. Our welcoming chair, Mary Jo, makes the most fabulous tea sandwiches. And we have food set out. And we just sit and we talk. We let people know what the club is about and the activities and events that we offer. So Gretchen, tell us about those activities. We have so many to choose from. Book Club has been great. Susie, a new leader, and she's signed us up with Goodreads, and it's mm-hmm. been wonderful. Sit and Stitch, which I think you do. Yeah, I have that. Uh, we have I coach her that City Walks. Paula is incredible. She's been posting pictures on the Facebook page, and they've explored, I think, all of Luxembourg on foot, which is another great thing when you're a newcomer to learn the neighborhoods and be pointed out, like, that's a great lunch spot. And they have amazing croissants there, you know, a nice little orientation accidentally. Right. We have scrapbooking, zen doodling, which kind of really blossomed during COVID because you could do it over Zoom. Mm -hmm. We have cooking classes virtually with our in-house chef, Liz. Travel talk. Travel talk is my favorite. So tell us about travel talk. What's travel talk? It's fabulous. It started out... 11, 12 years ago, maybe, two women decided to just, because everybody was traveling, members, so get them together at the clubhouse and discuss where they had been recently to give some tips and information. And then it evolved into, wow, we have so many women from so many different countries. Why not have them do a presentation about where they're from and share their homeland, their history, cultural things? And so it started to become like a PowerPoint. And you did one on New York City. And so then we, you know, have that PowerPoint and then that's available to our members on our Facebook group. And so for me, we recently, like a couple of years ago, we met our boys in Iceland. And that was the first place I went to were those files. And sure enough, there was one on Iceland and it had a whole itinerary, restaurants, places to stay, different sites. And it was just a really great starting point to go somewhere. And it's, 
kind of intimate in that it's not from a guidebook. It's local. It's local, but it's also from somebody, a member who lived there. So, and somebody you yeah. actually know. And actually knows, like the secrets or the ins and outs of, you know, that place. And it's also wonderful for those women to have an opportunity to stand up and present because I know as a trailing spouse, you don't always get the opportunities handed to you until you create your own existence exactly. once more to do these things or to even, let's say, dress up or right. anything like this. So it gives you an opportunity to feel human again. And then if possible, afterward, we would go to lunch at a restaurant that represented perhaps that country. So it was all <laughs> linked it's throughout all the day. Like kind of interwoven. Yeah. And, you know, we might serve little snacks that are from that country. Yes. The pre presenter might bring. And I know just tacking on to that, you also have a growing section on careers. Career yes. Support. So I was going to say Moms and Babies, which is playgroup, and then also um, Career Support, which is blossoming right now. Mm -hmm. As we've seen most recently, half of our new members actually come for their careers in Luxembourg, not their spouse's career. And that's incredible information for us to know. We're always trying to make sure we gear activities towards our actual demographic of members. And so now we're doing a big push for evening events and events that support these people. And the two wonderful people running career yeah. support are incredible for people who want to re-enter the workforce right. or just kind of talk through what they need to do to work here. I think yeah. that's incredibly important. They both bring important. separate skills to it. Dell is very in tune with navigating the job market here. And then Liz is really good at the coaching side of it, how to really deal with the stress or the emotions you have in regard to it. And then on a quarterly basis before COVID, they also invited different organizations in to speak to our members. So a human resource person may come in and talk about what they look for in a CV. You know, so we do try to go out beyond just our members and find resources for our members that they might be interested in and just kind of engage with those organizations. And in fact, a CV for European countries might not be the same as an American CV. This is true. Yes. Which I had no idea. I mean, mm -hmm. what, what is the difference, yeah. in fact? D well, you'd have to ask Dell. <laughs> Okay, I haven't okay. gotten to that place yet. Okay, you don't <laughs> need a CV. Be, yeah. <laughs> RTL Original Podcast. Now, at the very core of any organisation like yours is community work, voluntary work. So give us an idea about some of the voluntary work that you do. I know, for example, back in 1996, the US Marine Corps unit was leaving Luxembourg and they asked your club to organise Toys for Tots. And that campaign has now regenerated into gifts for kids, which the Marines still help with. And I know you're very, very keen on this idea, Grace. Yes, it's my favourite thing to be a part of is delivering the gifts to the foyers. Just before St. Nicholas Day, we work with corporate sponsors and private sponsors using ornaments on trees in headquarters and in schools, yeah. local schools, ISL, you see Michelin, all these places. We have a gift list from the kids of toys that they've looked through from the Cactus magazine. Right. We partner with Cactus. has been a great support um, in the community. We all go with our cars, pick up the gifts that we've purchased from Cactus, and then we mm. go off like little Santa's sleighs yes. to all the foyers. It's, it's actually and quite an ambitious it, project. It is. Last year, I think we delivered over a thousand gifts. Gosh. Yeah, to 85 foyers. 
Wow, that's in, really in the country. Yeah, quite a logistic. And, and we try to include as many as we can if yes. they're new. We're talking about like a six week window where we're doing both fundraising for the next year's ability to deliver or purchase gifts for children. And also at that same time, working with Cactus, as you pointed out, getting the deliverable. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're talking close to 1,200 gifts. <laughs> and it's so, not uh, the only thing you do. You also have Zonta and Ramadan in a basket. Yes. Those are our periodic fundraisers. We're always looking for ways to engage with the Luxembourg community and see what the needs are within the community. And yes, we do the Ramadan in the basket. So usually we gather a list of food items and our members donate then those food items and then they're delivered by one of our members. During COVID, they transition to gift cards from Cactus. We collect different items for women who, for whatever reason, have been displaced from their home. And those would be like toiletries for emergency situations and also clothing at times for them to have for interviews. Mm-hmm. We do a not-for-profit luncheon. I was just about okay, to ask yes. you about that because I love the idea. It's such an American idea to have these potluck lunches. <laughs> yes, it's such a lovely, warm thing. I see a lot of your work revolves around food. I like yeah. this. <laughs> I wonder why that is, Liz, given your background as a culinary expert. <laughs> well, there are many talented women within the club oh. that make some really tasty things. So, so you have this Meet the Nonprofit as well. So. Yes. And so that's a luncheon we host once a month in the past prior to COVID, where we invite an organization, a not-for-profit organization, to the club to do a presentation to our members about what they do. And then that way, our members can choose to participate in that organization by volunteering or donating. Mm -hmm. And so effectively, how can people get involved with your organization, either as a member, I suppose they go to the website and they fill out the form and go and knock on that door and face the coffee morning. Yes. (laughs) But beyond that, how can people support you with all of these efforts that you make in the community to volunteer? Well, especially gifts for kids. We're always looking for businesses and organizations to sponsor the initiative. And as Gretchen pointed out, it's a simple process. We provide ornaments with a child's name on it, the gift request, and then our bank transfer number. So we're always looking for them to put up a tree in their business. Because of COVID, we also transitioned into an electronic version of all of that information that companies can send to their employees just to get the word out in terms of that Individuals can contribute to Gifts for Kids by going to our website and there's a tab that says Gift for Kids. It has all the information and a way to donate. The actual physical part of driving to the foyers and delivering presents is within our club. So, you know, if you're interested, you can always join. There's time to sign up for that. Yeah, um, on yeah. our way to Christmas um, already. Or yes. Marine, you can also. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's well, right. I don't know. Well, I have that contact that. information. Trust me, I'll be calling. <laughs> Sergeant. They're great. <laughs> How many Marines are there in Luxembourg? Oh, do you know? I don't know officially, well, but there's I, a good group of them. We yeah. Them, uh, I know the team that came last year to deliver the gifts. We them, right? Yeah, to one of our larger foyers. There was probably about 
six or seven of them. <laughs> and we loved it because it was one of the larger Fourier's and they showed up with a big Suburban, which you don't really see here. And Suburban's probably American brand car. Yeah, and I just, it's like a huge, like, yes. like I don't know how it fits 10 person van. <laughs> like, yeah. So <laughs> we started engaging the Marines back into that process a couple of years ago when I worked on the driving side, the delivery side of it. And for me, it was like full circle. You know, if we could do that and have them engage again, it would just be the icing on the cake. And so they have done it for the past two years and have really just been a joy. Foyers just loved them because they hung out and talked with the kids. And yeah. And just thinking about both of you, you're both very intelligent, talented ladies. (laughs) (laughs) I try. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful backgrounds. Why do you spend your time volunteering? Oh, well, I have a lifetime of volunteering. I think it just started, you know, I grew up um, Catholic, so I think it's just part of that sort of parish faith. And uh, I have always sought ways to volunteer in some way, shape, or form. Even after I, like Gretchen, once I had children, I sort of made that my primary focus. I found ways through schools and through community things like food banks, our parish, just ways to contribute to the community. And I think it's really important. And what I love about the AWCL is that spirit of volunteering. We're all volunteers. I'm a volunteer as a president, you're a volunteer as communication director. And it's it's a fairly ambitious organization to be part of because we have to really look to the future. And what I love as well is that our members contribute. I mean, we are driven by what our members, where they're at and what they want and who they are. So we encourage our members, like if you have a talent or a skill and you want to share it, you know, we're happy to help you get that group going. And it's why we have all these activities, because these are people who really love what they do and they want to share it. And for you, Gretchen, as well, you have this background in PR and comms, which you're using. You're using fabulously. We're so happy to have Gretchen as communication director. I think I've always just, like you mentioned in the very beginning, you know, you have to kind of bloom where you're planted when you're towed Mm -hmm. around. A term I recently learned, a fire tender in the home. I think I would really like to model for my children that you should really invest wherever you are because if you invest in the people and the place you get so much more out of it and you enjoy it so much more and so by yes it's scary but by forcing yourself to get involved right away you get to meet all these wonderful people like Lisa Burke yes (laughs) (laughs) I get to meet you it's the other way around (laughs) wherever we've lived I've always gotten involved with something and and in the US it was American Red Cross and other right. organizations UNICEF think, in UNICEF, high school <laughs> I think a big a big thing to circle back to the charitable potluck lunch we cooked for the homeless shelter we did all these things in exactly. the US exactly as a family with my children. And then when we moved here, I was kind of looking at this, you know, you replace your school, you find a wonderful community to be a part of and I couldn't quite find that thing to replace that, because I want my children to know that you need to give back. So I love the charity potluck lunch, because then I can say, oh, you know, go and learn from someone who's involved and be like, this right. sounds like right up our alley. It's a good idea. Yeah. 
I think women have always been very good at organising themselves as communities. We've had to for all sorts of reasons through the centuries. And I see a really strong connection where women are planted, as you say, to sprout where you're planted, to drop some roots and try to flourish in the best Mm -hmm. way you can. And we've also perhaps, because we have children, etc., we've had to learn to adapt to these various cycles of life. Now, for men who are increasingly the trailing spouse, we don't have the equivalent here in Luxembourg right now. Do you cater for men? I know you're a women's club, but do you see this and do you think about Mm -hmm. this as a club? Yeah, when I, again, going back to when I was a membership director, we got a few questions about that. And I think that situation is more reality. And so what we do offer is we offer weekend events like a Saturday night, like just this upcoming Saturday night, we are having a dinner at Perry Perry for our members. And so that is an event. Yeah, and their spouses. This is an event where you can bring your partner, your spouse or a friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't have to be a member of the club. And so we try to do that. But, you know, yeah, it would be great. I sometimes wrestle with the idea of like having a guy's poker night and inviting all the husbands to the clubhouse and see what they like, you know, little bird. (laughs) You know, I I gave you the seed. Now go and form your own club. (laughs) (laughs) I know that. Um, just from being involved with ISL, they have a dad's group, a social group for them. Oh, they do. As employed or unemployed yeah. or whatever. I think it is probably a growing need in Luxembourg. I think so. you do have... A growing number of yes. trailing male spouses. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you're setting a wonderful example, ladies. Is there any final thoughts you'd like to give our community of listeners about what they can do to be part of your community? Oh my gosh, just go straight to our website. We have a lot of information there about how to become a member, what we do. But the thing I would like to leave the women who are moving to Luxembourg, if you're new, uh, please consider joining into one of our welcome coffees. We find ways to help you navigate and we encourage you to email us or reach out to us once, hopefully in January, when our clubhouse is open again full time. It's a great place to just stop by. There's always somebody there at the desk, our front desk, our welcome desk. And there's always a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and somebody there to meet and and talk to. And Gretchen, the final testimony to you since your arrival in 2019, just before lockdown and COVID, what has being part of the American Women's Club of Luxembourg meant to you? Well, I think I'm still as I was in the beginning at meeting and having kind of a good fellowship with other women who, especially during the lockdown, we were all separate from our families, people dealing with hardships back home and parents being ill or family or friends. It's just nice to know that you have other people. And just by membership in AWCL, they're not even necessarily American, you know? Yeah, there's a there's Italian, a commonality between all of us. Yes. We're all in the same situation. We all landed here for one reason or another, whether you were here with your spouse or partner or you came here for your job, because like we yeah. said, we have a growing number of members who work full time. Yeah, so we all, though, are looking for those connections, not just to form friendships, but also to participate in the community. And Luxembourg is a fabulous community overall. I've lived here now for almost four years, and I just don't see myself going anywhere else. Especially with your paternal grandparentage. Yes, I am now a citizen of Luxembourg, and uh, we celebrated that with a glass of Cremant. Okay, maybe a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, you alluded to something which is very important, is that 
most of us expats who land here or land in any country, you are not with your family. And particularly through COVID times, you are suddenly reliant on a network of new people. But because we all know what that's like, I find as well, if you just ask, you'll get the help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just having that bravery to ask in the right. first place. And I think being a part of a newcomer's club or the American Women's Club, which many of our members have been here for, for like, how long is Mary? Oh, my gosh. We have years. probably about, I want to say about 20%. Wasn't that the number? Yes, that yeah, that have been here for, I know women who are part of the club that have been here for like 20 some years. Yes. So the commonality is we've all left from someplace. And whether we're from not far or very far, it's a discussion we don't even need to have initially. It's like, yes, we're all here. And now moving forward, it's not like, well, why did you? You know, everyone has their reasons. And And I should point out, too, that we've had in the past, and we did it on Zoom in the spring, one of our members is a nurse. And so she helps us. We do what we call living in Luxembourg events. It's like navigating healthcare here, and it is such a fabulous presentation with so much information that you just are like, oh my gosh, this is what I need to know. It's an essential item, especially yes. for children, to come here and understand how when to call an ambulance and how that works. Yes. And hospitals are navigating healthcare. Rolina I, is amazing. I didn't even realize that I needed to know, and then I went to the chat, and it was one of those things where every single person I met, I was like, did you know? I just couldn't help but share, and I saved right. it. I still have it on my computer. And then we also, in the fall, we would conduct a transportation, living in Luxembourg and how to get around, how to navigate Luxembourg on public transportation, because we all know how grateful we are for Luxembourg's, like, free transport. And just, it's so connected. Well, you know, well, maybe not so much, but where I live, I can get anywhere within the city, like in 10 minutes on a tram or a bus. <laughs> so. yeah, you live in the city. Yeah. Yes, in the city. Sorry. It's not entirely yeah. connected east, north, yes. south, west, but, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. No, I mean, actually, you've pointed to another important thing is when you come and live in a place like this, I guess for parents, they need to know about schools. And if we have children, we kind of put their health above our own sometimes. So yes, the medical part is really, really important. But just to finally say, of course, it's not an exclusive club. You can be a member of the American Women's Club and the British Ladies Club. Oh my goodness, yes. We have quite a few members, I think, that are members of the British Ladies Club and vice versa. Again, I think the heart of our organisation and the British Ladies Club is that we are women supporting women. Thank you, both ladies. Is there any final word you'd like to give our audience? Come join us. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. And get to know Luxembourg with the help of some fabulous women. Yes. <laughs> it's been a joy to meet you both. Oh, it's been a joy. Yeah, Thank you. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Let me start again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <clears throat>